0: Hello, and welcome to Eva Unleashed, hosted by Madison and Brittany. This is real talk for real women who are ready to step out of society's confining boxes and grow. By learning from other people's stories, we become more aware, conscious, and accepting of others and get one step closer to shaping the world into a better place. Join us as we talk with women from many different backgrounds about life, relationships, work, family, religion, and everything in between. We are on a mission to start the conversation and help women wherever they are in life. Thank you for being here with us. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, listeners. Thanks for listening to Eve Unleashed. Today, we have Tani. She's a volunteer with Underground Railroad, and she's super passionate about bringing awareness about human trafficking to the public, and we just wanted to talk to her about the organization and get some information from her. We're so excited. Thanks for coming, Tani.
1: I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Um, to start off, like just, I guess, what's your journey to like kind of starting with Operation Underground Railroad or what brought you to it?
1: Yeah. So my husband and I are part of a real estate investment group and we had had kind of our um, national conference and Tim Ballard, who is the CEO and founder of OUR, he was one of the key speakers. And I sat there for nearly two hours, like willing myself to stay in my seat instead of just running. Because I think a lot of times when people hear these horror stories of what happens to children, you just, you want to close your ears and say, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. But it was, I stayed because I knew I had to listen to his entire presentation and it was, it was gut wrenching. It was hard to hear it. And he, um, I mean, it was just ugly cry just to hear what happens to kids and the exploitation and the things that go on in the world. And I just knew from that moment on that this is what I had to be a part of. Like it was, you know, my whole life, I've wanted to just be a part of some organization that does really good things in the world. And
0: it just spoke to you.
1: It did just completely spoke to me. like, I will be a part of this forever. I just will do anything I can to help save children.
0: That's so. amazing. Wow. Wow. Um, I know most, uh, well, most people I know know what, um, oh, you, what yeah. is it? Oh, you are. Oh, you are. Sorry. Opportunity on mm-hmm. Railroad. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm like, flubbering. But some people, I don't know what it is. Like, can yeah. you kind of give us like for our listeners, what is this organization? What do they do?
1: So um, their main goal, of course, is to um, capture traffickers and rescue children. Like that's really their whole platform. Um, but it was started, um, Tim Ballard, who started this organization, used to work for the government. He was already a special agent working for him in the human trafficking department. His job was to... Um basically find kids that were brought over the borders um, in Me- um, from Mexico to California. So he was stationed out there and that was all of his training was in that area. And he caught word of a little boy in Haiti that was actually kidnapped from an LDS church parking lot. Oh my um, And he was the bishop's son and he talked to his boss and said, we've got to go over there and do something about this. Like, we can't let this go. The little boy was actually born in Utah and then his family moved back to Haiti because that's where his parents are from. And he was three years old and the U.S. government wouldn't let him because they said it was out of his jurisdiction. So he that's terrible. went oh my gosh. in on his own and went down there. It's an incredible story. It's a long story, but it's mm-hmm. incredible what ended up happening. But they still have not found him. But he hit the little boy's name is Gardy. But in the process of trying to find him, they were able to rescue 28 children that were in an quote unquote orphanage oh, wow. where um people would come and buy them and traffic wow. them throughout wow. the world. That's and crazy. Haiti is hit really hard because of, they just are so unlucky. They have the worst luck with natural disasters. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of orphaned kids and this is prime breeding ground for traffickers to come in and take kids that don't
0: have parents anymore or
1: are displaced or whatever.
0: Well, and they're perfect victims in that usually they don't have attachments and things like that. And it's just kind of this perfect storm of just Mm
2: -hmm. yeah things that would contribute to that and especially after like you said natural disasters like you that is the perfect storm people are kind of scattered everywhere like how would you know i mean if you have a two-year-old wandering like they don't really know they can't tell you and oh i'm sorry
1: people are posing as little orphanages and they're really just selling kids um and they have no intention of placing the kids in homes. But that that's what started his journey. He ended up actually adopting two of the children that he rescued, Tim Ballard did. Um, and Gardy's father ended up taking eight of the children wow. and wow. bringing them to his home. And he's raising them. And this was back in 2013. And Tim Ballard walked away from the government and formed... Operation Underground Railroad, which he, along with Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck was his mm. um, primary financial supporter. So he helped financially support the I operation. I know
2: that. Oh yeah, I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah. He um,
1: needed a million dollars to start. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> well, talk about
0: just seeing some seeing a problem and just making a solution. Like mm-hmm. that's because that's the thing. It is hard. Mm-hmm. Working in government, you're so limited. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just oh, yeah. making his own thing.
1: Especially with the U.S. government, he had no way. So he works with governments all over the world now, um, including the U.S. government. Um, and they've been able to actually make a lot of um, headway these last two years with the U.S. government, um, recognizing the seriousness of this. Um, what do you call it? it? Just the the operations that go on. Um, really sad statistics is there's, they say there's over 2 million children in the world that are trafficked um, oh, as the slaves. There's more slavery in the world now than there ever has been in the history of the world.
0: Oh, well, well, I know we're talking about Haiti, but mm-hmm. like that's happening here too, right? It's not just like, cause I, when I think of like sex trafficking and stuff we i think usually think like see. third
2: world countries like oh yeah. not in the united states you don't like, think not about it happening yeah, here not in utah little, tiny utah like in our teeny tiny towns but
1: well, it happens in utah <laughs> oh. but it um so more sad statistics that u.s you know we need to know here in america we are the number one consumers in the world wow. these children mm. are trafficked into our country. They're not trafficked in their own countries like they are here. And children that are trafficked in other countries are trafficked to American tourists.
2: Wow. Oh my gosh. That makes me sick. I'm I'm like physically ill. Okay. So let me ask a question. Are all of these, is it, I'm trying to think like how to word it. (laughs) It's like, there's like no way to word it. Are they only trafficked for like sex slavery or is it like other things too?
1: I know that um, kids are sold for mostly, mostly sex. Um, Another really sad and rising crime is organ donation. That's becoming a very, I can believe that
0: um,
1: market right now and just slavery in general. I mean, these kids can be used for. You know, work. Whatever, cleaning, work, child labor stuff, but oh. mostly they end up getting trafficked like first sex.
0: Well, it's insane. I started following this uh, Instagram account that kind of like highlights Instagram accounts that are specifically for that. And it like mm-hmm. is crazy how many they like pass themselves off as photography sites or things like that. Yeah. But really there's these kids that they're selling for pornography oh or whatever. And it's happening just it's on our phones, like so easy to oh, yeah. get like it's insane. It just blows my mind. I think
2: that's what I, I don't know. I've never heard of O U R until this year. Um and there there's is a, a little fly. there is a mosquito. <laughs> yeah. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're both like- <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway, um, I have not heard of OUR until like 2020. I feel like 2020 was kind of the year of just crap. And I'm like, just another thing to add to the list to my heavy mama heart. And I feel like we lost distractions. We were mm, stuck at home. Maybe we don't
0: have the luxury of these distractions that we had before. And I feel like things are just coming up. Coming That's up my too. opinion. Like that I feel is like, true,
2: cause Oh, you are around for how long now? Since 2013. So, oh,
0: yeah. seven so years. seven years. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. But they, they've gotten a lot, a lot of recognition this year. Um, they did a huge, it was at July 31st. It was human trafficking awareness day. Mm-hmm. It was international. So there were people all over the nation that were marching. We were part of the March on Capitol Hill. And it was really sad, but beautiful all at the same time. <laughs> we had over 5,000 people down in Salt Lake City wow. um, marching through the city. Just a super peaceful, just beautiful sight. It was really emotional. Um, we got no news publicity at all.
0: Oh, wow. Just nothing. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. And yeah. you—they—and that's what you, you guys need that. Like I know. <laughs> we're like this is what we should be talking about it's it's unreal
1: to me how it is still something that is hush hush and it's becoming more and more people are becoming so much more aware of it and I've been really grateful for that and I don't know I don't know what brought the awareness so much stronger this year they there's been a lot of talk of more children being exploited this year than ever before. And a lot of children disappearing.
0: I feel like the public's awareness of that too, like all of a sudden you're seeing these posts of women are, are terrified because they're, they, they go out shopping and somebody's kind of following them or being weird. And, mm-hmm. and it's so, it's such a hard state of mind to be in cause I'm already an anxious person. right?
2: So, so like, I now
0: I'm think someone's stealing my kids. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, it, and, and I kind of, I was kind of living in a little bit of a blissful bubble of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fine. Um, I wasn't really until, so I kind of became aware of you guys, of, of everything. Um, Oh, a little over two years ago, my husband and I were um, doing the classes to become foster parents, oh. um, and we ended up not finishing because we have a two-year-old now. So we <laughs> had a baby, and we're gonna, we are gonna go back to it. But that really opened my eyes that these issues are not just somewhere else; mm-hmm. they're happening, like they're happening in, in your the community. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, I. In my, we were living down in Bountiful um, for the last five or six years, and just within my community there, in a very affluent community up the hill from us, um, there were two men that I knew of during that time that were taken in for um, child pornography and exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, predom- predominant is that the word mm-hmm. men in the community and in the church. It's it's crazy. So it's there's no. It's like they say, you know, God's no respecter of persons. Neither is this disease. It's mm-hmm. it happens anyone anywhere. I know of several stories of children that are trafficked by their own families, and that's not uncommon. That's probably more common than your kids being kidnapped in this country.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's the the exploitation side is so predominant. I feel like it's with social media and TikTok yeah. and Snapchat. Like it's it's so easy for kids to get caught up in the wrong conversation mm-hmm. or whatever. Or even my son really wants to play certain like online games. And yeah. I have to go online and I'll Google like he knows he's not allowed to play anything until I check and I'll check and I'll be reading about these people like don't let your kids do this because they're gonna go into a chat room and mm-hmm. this is what's gonna yeah. happen. And my kid's heartbroken, my 10 year old's like, but all my friends are playing this. And I explain as best I can, but he doesn't get it. He's like,
2: no one, you know, like, well, and you don't, it's you, you almost want to protect your kids from that. Like you just want to protect that little childhood bubble that is going to eventually be popped. And that's, what's so hard and scary. Like you want your kids to be aware, but Uh, it's but not, not scared like I don't exactly. want my kids yeah. to be scared all yeah. the
0: time but aware yeah exactly
1: it's a, it's a fine line for mm-hmm. sure my my um nine and seven year olds have been they're aware of what OUR is I mean they've gone through all the marches and stuff but they're aware at their level of understanding you know we tell them there are children that are kidnapped there's children that are used as slaves and there's trafficking you know, that goes on, but they don't understand to the extent they just know that there are people out there that want to kidnap children, to use them as slaves. As they get older, they'll know more about it. But how do you tell them like those gut wrenching things? I mean, Mm -hmm. they're, it's the, it's the number one making industry in the world. It makes more money than the NFL. They, They make more money than drug sales. It's, it makes more money than anything because, um, you know, and it, this is a really harsh reality, but the reason why they make more money is because like with drugs, you can sell a bag of cocaine, right. And you make 15 grand with a kid, you can sell them 10 times a day yeah, and make 10 grand a pop. So they're, they're getting raped. I mean, these children's stories, they, they would say, you know, maybe once a week or 20 times a day just depends on the flow of how they're trafficked you know survivors that talk about their stories and they just say I could
0: have been raped 30 times a day and that was my life that's what I knew and that and that's such a harsh reality is that is like their life that's what they know and like how sickening is that 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 is what they know and expect
2: yeah I was maybe it was from OUR or maybe another thing that I watched on Instagram, but this one girl was saying that her family sex trafficked her. And and she says, the scary thing is, and like, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe that this was just like her story, but she said, the scary thing is, is that I never thought my life was abnormal. I just thought everybody live that way, lived this way. She goes, because I was treated really well. I would go, they would buy me stuff and we would go get ice cream and we would do all these things. They would wine and dine me. And it wasn't until I got into, um, and she said she was in public school and she didn't really like talk about it. And it wasn't until one day she watched a TV commercial that was talking about sex trafficking. She goes, Oh my gosh, like that's, that's me in my life. And that's what makes me so sad is, I guess, I, that's one of our questions that I kind of want to go into is like, how do you recognize someone who is being sex trafficked? Like, what can you watch for, you know, people like, you know, me, I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea what to look for. Cause I mean, I've always like had this picture painted of like, it's kids locked in a closet with shackles and they're dirty and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, you know, or in a basement or something and not oh, they're just, they're, they went and just had ice cream and, you know, someone drops them off to a Walmart and then they just pass them on like that, Mm -hmm. the switch you, I mean, it's so. Or they're like, they're riding on airplanes with people
0: like they they look like normal people. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Right. And I've, I've heard stories like that too. I probably know who it is you're talking about, but they, um, A lot of kids do, they're groomed such a young age. And one thing that is pretty common that I hear across the board is, you know, they're told, well, you're special. And because you're so special, you're the only one that gets to do this. And so we don't need to tell other people about how special you are. And so from a very young age, um, they're taught and groomed and trained by people that they love and trust and believe that what is happening in their lives is normal so it's hard to catch sometimes. I mean, you do have to watch for strange, unusual behaviors that maybe aren't normal. Um, I've been caught doing that so many times, so I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that looks normal. Should we say something? Should we not say something? Mm-hmm. And it, but, you know, they say to look for um, behavior changes, especially in kids that you might know, and see, you know, do they start to, become, um, like more recluse, like distracted and not want to talk. You can look for bruises, you know, things like that, that are happening. If you see, if you just honestly gut feeling is huge. If you see something going on that looks strange, like a man walking with a girl and she doesn't look like she's wants to be there, but then you're like, well, do I approach these people? And then I get like (laughs) yelled at, or I'm wrong Mm -hmm. or so it's kind of, it's hard to know exactly how to approach it, but sometimes I heard the best thing and this lady said, you know, it's better to be wrong and apologize than to let it slip away.
0: And I think, um, I remember correctly, OUR has like courses too, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say that there's, so if you go to, I think it's OURrescue.org org. Um, they have, you can, vol- you know, sign up to volunteer, you can um, donate. So my husband, our company, we donate monthly to the cause and that goes to their aftercare program. And I can explain that to you too in a little bit, but they also have um, like training courses that you can watch and it kind of shows you what to look for, what to watch for, you know, signs. And they do a lot of these trainings for people who work with children, you know, teachers, social workers, that kind of stuff, um, and people who are with them quite often. But that is a great, great resource to know what to look for. Well,
0: I think it's good to check even even so you know what to look for. I mean, no one wants to think this is going to happen, but to look for the signs in your own kids, that's mm-hmm. something, yeah. especially, so my daughter is a social butterfly. And so she is at her yeah. friend's houses all the time. And I've met the parents, but I still you still never know. I mean, honestly, like once a month I had to sit, I kind of just will casually will be doing something. I'm like, Hey girl, like, has anyone touched and, you know, touched you or done anything. And we've just kind of turned it into a normal thing that I just I'll be fixing your hair and be like, just check in hey, everything's good. Are your parents, are your friend's parents nice? Or do they scream whatever? And that, cause that, ha- that conversation has, has to happen. Mm-hmm. It so
1: does. If- it's so good that you do that too. Cause there's so many parents who do not want to have hard conversations with their kids. They don't, I don't love it either, but mm-hmm. this has made it me so much more aware. Like teach your kids, teach them about good touch and bad touch and who is okay to do that and who's not. And, you know, I've even told my kids, I don't, I don't care what they say to you. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They can threaten our lives. They can threaten everything. You never let anybody do that. And if anybody does, you have to tell us. They said, they're not going to do what they say they're going to do. I mean, you kind of have to just be really direct because they're manipulated in so many ways Mm
2: -hmm. you know in
1: the us you had brought up um the computer that is a huge hot spot here in the us that's where most um predators find children in this country is through the computer like social media the games um their smartphones wherever that's their main stream of getting in with kids. And they pretend to be other kids and then they'll you know, get them to either exploit thems- themselves somehow like send me a new picture of you or do this. And then they threaten them with blackmail. Say, I'm gonna show this to your parents if you don't meet me here or if you don't do this or if you don't do more. Because here, um, child pornography is so big. It's mm-hmm. so big that they don't necessarily have to get the child; they just need their pictures so that they can then turn around and sell it.
0: And that's what, <laughs> honestly, the only way I feel like to combat that is to tell your kid straight up: like, if you send a nude picture to somebody and they threaten this, you just tell me anyways. I don't, you know, yep.
1: yeah, it's fine
0: because yeah. you—that's ha- yeah. the only way that because otherwise, if you don't talk about it, in that situation comes up, right. and they go. Oh no. Mm -hmm. But if you say straight up, if this happens, like, just tell me, I won't be mad and we will figure it out.
2: Cause I feel like when you have those conversations with your kids, like it just takes the fear out of it completely where you've given your kid permission to be like, like you said, I don't care what you've done. You need to, you know, it just, it just takes out that like, Oh my gosh, what are my parents going to do? Oh, I know they're, they don't care. They just want me to be safe, you know? So,
1: and that is so important. Like drill that into their heads over and over again, (laughs) as they get older, like there's never a, like one time have a talk with your kids. It's like, Mm. as they get older, you explain more and you help them understand more and just keep the dialogue as open as possible because Mm. they will, if they don't feel like they can comfortably tell you something, it, they can be susceptible to so much exposure, especially online. I mean, you're you've got a 10 year old that's so hard. My nine year old son is constantly like, Can I play this game? Can I play this game? All my friends play this game. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry, no. (laughs) It's like I love you too much. I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna keep (laughs) you safe. But it's hard. I know it's hard. They they want to do what everybody else
0: is doing and they
1: always feel left out. But
0: but that's just kind of I think they'll appreciate it later mm-hmm. when they're adults and they aren't dealing with trauma. It's exactly,
2: yeah.
1: exactly, exactly. Oh, there's yeah, <laughs> the trauma that the stories that I've learned and heard about. It's it it will just rip your heart out. It's so mu- it's so much.
0: So it's probably a good segue. Let's talk about that aftercare stuff because I know that is a huge yeah. part of it too. Is mm-hmm. what happens to these kids after they're rescued, like, you know, cause they're, they're going to have trauma. They're right. going to have attachment disorders, all these different problems. What happens to them?
1: So they, these aftercare homes are set up. I think they have them in 19 countries now. Um, and we have some here in the U S too. And these kids are taken to these homes and before they're even, if they're, if their families are safe to go back to. Um, you know they'll they'll work through that process to first find out can we send them back to their families can we find their families do they have families yeah um, was it their families that were trafficking them in the first place so they go through that but they also go through kind of a um, process of healing so they have um, workers there like social workers they have therapists they have psychiatrists psychologists they have a whole group of and team of people that help these children rehabilitate them back into just childhood. There's a lot of um, girls that end up there pregnant or with babies. um, And so they help with vocational schools and things like that to help these girls. And this is Maureen, you know, the third world um, countries where these girls now have to support themselves and their babies. And Mm -hmm. so there've been great success stories that come out of them. But these um, centers, and then of course, if they no home for them to go to, then they start to work on placing them in safe homes somewhere. And they, you know, Tim Ballard had talked about how he really loves to work with the countries that these aftercare homes are in because he feels like it's a better success for them, these children, to work with. The people that they are comfortable with, the people oh, yeah. that speak mm-hmm. their language, the people that understand them, the people that can help them, um, and so they work really closely with the governments in their own countries to help these kids. So
2: that's I love kind that. But too, yeah.
1: It really is, and they put so much thought and detail into it to make sure that it's. There's no corruption that can happen. And these kids don't just go back out on the street Mm -hmm. and they try to really get them placed. And Tim's, Tim Ballard's wife started an organization. I think it's called Save the Children. um, Mm -hmm. Where she heard that one. She tries to find homes here in America or anywhere. People that are willing or wanting to adopt some of these kids in the other countries that have been left or abandoned or have no safe home to go back to.
0: I think that's amazing because I, I think for a lot of these like culture is so important mm-hmm. no matter where you're from. Yes. So to be able to keep that part of yourself, Yeah. I think is so important because that's something um, that can get lost when you're adopted out of country or moved or whatever. So having right. something stable, that's that's so touching to me. I'm like, that's so cool and such –
2: well, it's a, like you said, it's a part of them to, right. you know, throw them into a family that is like, you know, not a part of that culture. They eventually just kind of feel alone and, yeah. you know, not sure one if what well, exactly one yeah. more hurdle in their life that they have to like get over. Like, and so,
1: well, and they, they discovered that the children are more willing to trust, um, you know, the, I don't want to say their own people. Because that's a really terrible way of putting it, but they they trust their the people of their country a little bit better mm-hmm. than the Americans that come in and try to help them, and they I mean they do and they we mm-hmm. you know we have plenty of volunteers that go down to these or over to these um, aftercare facilities and help volunteer in a lot of different ways, but. The unfortunate side of it is that a lot of these children are trafficked to Americans or Europeans, Mm -hmm. like Western European, um, more the first world countries, (laughs) which is really bad. Are the ones that come over to their countries to, um, you know, rape them and stuff. So it's hard. They feel more
2: comfortable with people that they feel like they can trust more that they could can- totally make sense it though. does though like and that's the hard thing to stomach because it's you know like people like me I'm like I will I'll help you know but like you said they don't trust me because I mean to put it bluntly I look like right. you know I I look like those type of people like my skin right. is white like European white and you know that's scary to kids because you know kids just you know they're more visual that way and they're right. they don't have like the Mindset to be like, oh, this lady has never done anything to me. She would never hurt me. Even well, though I mean, that... even all kids are that way. Yeah, they are. You know? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah.
0: A big dog barks at them. They're going to be afraid of all big, all big dogs, dogs exactly. because the one you mm-hmm. know because the one scared them. They're all the right. same. That's kids are just that. Yeah. That, that's how it. I mean, that's yep. how we are as people too. I mean, let's be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: <true. laughs> it's so true, I, and I, I don't know it's it's just sad I I think that here in in our country if if parents are glean anything from this it's monitor your kids um, screen time yeah. like don't ever think that they're not doing things that they shouldn't be and really pay attention to kids around you I have heard and read countless stories of children growing up in normal, affluential, middle-class communities that are trafficked every day by their parents. And And
0: so I think that's the focus is we mm -hmm. need to quit thinking that like, maybe we need to fix this. Like sometimes we think of it as too big. It's like, there's this huge worldwide problem and how can I fix it? But then if we just narrow our focus to what can I do in my neighborhood?
1: Exactly,
2: here in our community. Yeah,
1: just, yeah awareness is, is huge. It's huge. And um, I know that shortly after the march, there were big arrests that happened around our country. And um, down in Salt Lake County, I think in just this one sting, they took down 15 men in, down in Utah County that had countless like 13,000 plus files of child pornography and exploiting, um, you know, sex from children. They were online with children, posing as kids, trying to set up times. There were parents that, you know, just traffic out their kids to these people and they're, they come from all walks of life. You know, I I was looking at their pictures because they're, you know, put on the news and you can see the mugshots of all these men and i was like they look like guys you would see anywhere oh, yeah, yeah. At the store at the gym at schools you know anywhere in workplaces mm-hmm. they're not they're not scary looking no. they're not well just gross, you know out right. people they're just everyday people
2: yep just this year i someone here in our just our little community um, someone i went to college with was arrested for, you know, um, child pornography. I'm like, are you serious? Like I would have never guessed, never guessed, you know, member of the church, all the, the right quote unquote, right things that, you know, people would never guess. And I mean, they found thousands and thousands of files. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I would have never guessed, never guessed. Your, um, walk on
0: the Capitol was it like just for awareness or is there like some laws and things that are tr- like is there things like that that mm-hmm. need to be kind of pushed through or need to be happening that aren't that we can be aware of as like voters and things like mm-hmm. cause i feel like there is definitely like a a government side and it's
2: mm-hmm.
0: and right now the focus is not on this big issue it's on like, other things
1: yeah oh i know it's like <laughs> It's like, let's ignore the elephant in the room. <laughs> so yeah. Like, distract people with all this stuff over here on the side and mm-hmm. not talk about like one of the most disgusting.
0: What's well, the true pandemic? I'm sorry. Uh, like, this agree. is like, Agreed. this is the I big know. issue that it needs is. to be
2: addressed. Well, like and me being cynical. Yeah. Yes. And me being no, horrible. Right. I'm just like, no wonder why they're trying to like, be like, look over here. Look over here. You said it's oh, the okay. number one industry. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> and, to... you know,
1: I can't, I can't say like a hundred percent for sure, but I would have no doubt in my mind that this runs deep in the government as well as in mm-hmm. the celebrity world.
0: Oh yeah, I oh, mean, it's the normal Joe Schmo. It's yes. happening. Or I mean, there's no and like percent, like statistically, mm-hmm. there's it's it is happening everywhere.
1: It is. You know, the number one um, trafficking day in the U.S. is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, So please explain to me how these connections don't go all the way up to the top.
2: Not to like jump into conspiracy theory type (laughs) things, but I'm like, let's go there for just a second. Um, I think it was, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but you probably know there's years where, like, Shakira was doing her thing, like, with the kids in the cages and the ropes and the weird things. And people were like, oh, my gosh, she's totally, like, you know, doing a sex trafficking thing. I'm like, what? Wait, how? <laughs> and then, like, watching it further or, or like, really, tr- you know, trying to, like, understand. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, so how... I guess how far does that conspiracy quote-unquote conspiracy run in the celebrity world like i bet it's but even then though that's the thing i feel like even that such a little of a distraction
0: like her mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like the sex trafficking is happening like yeah everywhere, everywhere else. And else we're all distracted with the game yeah. and mm-hmm. the music and all that stuff and the conspiracy and that whole mm-hmm. thing and it's like I don't know. I'm like, okay, now I want to go to the Super Bowl, but just to like be watching people, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I want to see what they're doing. Um, Yeah, and I I remember asking that question. I was like, why Super Bowl on Sunday? Like, I don't I don't understand why that's such a thing. Mm -hmm. But because you know, it's and it's not necessarily happening at the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It's all the parties that happen,
0: right?
1: Or Super Bowl, and they buy children to come to these big parties because there's often drugs and drinking and things like that going on, and people just get more lucid, and then they just—that's just crazy to me because children, uh, (sighs) like, why? I can't even fathom. I don't even. I can't. I don't even know. I have no idea. It is beyond anything that I could ever conjure up in my brain to understand. Um, But uh, to answer that conspiracy, I have like zero facts
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) in my own life, except just to say that I have no doubt that it runs deep into Hollywood. There are lots and lots and lots of conspiracies out there about that. I have no doubt
2: it's easy to go
0: down that rabbit hole.
2: Me and Madison had that (laughs) talk. (laughs) Yeah. We had that talk where we went down the rabbit hole and we're just like, Oh my gosh, like we're, (laughs) we sound crazy, but at the same time, there's so much evidence. You're just like, this is like, you can't ignore this. There's just no way.
1: And you know, he, uh, Tim Ballard, I was saying earlier, he's made a lot of, um, headway with the government this year in particular. I know the administration that's been in right now has really um, tried to help make awareness. I know just mm-hmm. recently they donated like 1.5 million dollars to um, help aid the government, the people that are are trying to take down these human trafficking rings. Um they were able to create this really great organization and not just with OUR, but OUR is a part of many different mm-hmm. organizations that are, have all come together and the government is starting to recognize. I hope that it will continue to propel forward. I really do. Um, but we'll just, time will tell. The future will tell. And mm-hmm. they'll keep this momentum going, but they made big strides this year in creating more awareness because like you said, most people, when they think human trafficking, you think of like brothels in Thailand where you've mm-hmm. got these girls in the back of massage parlors or in third world countries where this is happening. And it is, it's true. It is happening there. Like all of that happens all the time, but it, the, it's because of the demand from our country. It's yeah. not. The demand from their own country oh that makes me physically sick
0: well because most of those those third world countries they don't have the computers and all that stuff like we've got we they don't have the funds the screen time that we're
1: financial means to sustain that they've got to bring in people from more you know first world countries and it's not just the us i mean there's you know there's plenty of countries in europe that follow suit and different countries where they have a little bit more money to Tim Ballard in one of his interviews and he said that he's talked to many of these men that are brought in on different you know crimes of whatever um for sex trafficking or you know sex with minor or having child pornography and all of that kind of stuff and every single one of them without fail started with just looking at pornography like it started at just a really basic like basic pornographic pleasure and then it just became it just wasn't enough and so they just went a little deeper and then they started watching it and then that wasn't enough and then so then they started finding children that they could have sex with and then you know that wasn't enough so they just it just like builds
2: and builds and builds it's literally like a drug I mean you have to have more you're your last fix is not going to be, you just need more and more and more and
0: yeah. Well, and that's what I think another part of talking to our children about it too, because there's people that can look at porn and then just stop and never look again. Yeah.
1: Just like there's
0: some people that can take some alcohol, whatever, but you don't know until you do it. So just don't. So just don't. So just don't. Right. You know, so teaching our kids, I think it's like, it's just not worth it. Right. 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 You might not be able to stop. You so. never know.
1: Because it's true. It's not like every person that looks at pornography is going to end up going and raping children. I mean, it doesn't go that way for everyone, but it can. Mm-hmm. And it's because you lose more and more control the more you do it. It's with any drug, any addiction, you lose power over yourself a little bit more in each time
0: until it just Yeah. And we just need to not be afraid to tell our kids that, you know, like, and honestly, I think I read somewhere that boys are most boys, like 50% of boys are exposed to porn by the age of 11 or something like that. So it's like, young. You need to talk to him about that. I've already talked to my son about like, and we just, you know, for him, it's like, I say the word boobies. He's like, Oh, you know, (laughs) but I'm like, but you know, just like, you know, we don't look at pictures of of boobs or we don't, whatever. And if you do see something, you know, talk to me about it, things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and even though right now I'm thankful that to him, it's like embarrassing and and whatever, but It's it's
1: in his brain that the the church actually has this amazing video for kids about pornography. And we showed it to our kids about a year ago. So they were like eight and six. Mm -hmm. And, um, because you know, my, my son had gotten curious. He didn't look at pornography, but he did, um, see something that was intriguing. (laughs) And so it wasn't full blown, but he was, he had found something on the laptop or the iPad and I saw it on there. And so we were talking about it and, and we showed him this video and I know it's on the LDS.org, I think, or the new, I guess it's not called LDS.org anymore. The church. Yeah. And we'll
2: so definitely put
1: the, yeah, and we'll put
0: the link in our video description to
1: great video that explains it to kids. And it's really, really well done, I think. And, you know, my kids watched it and my son was like, oh, <laughs> what it is. It's like, I didn't know that. But it talks about, you know, how it makes you feel and why, uh, like what happens to your brain and why you get more curious. And so, I don't know, that's a really helpful tool to, I think, to be able to talk to your kids about it. And sometimes they don't really like to listen to what you say anyway. So <laughs> it's <called laughs> another source of information, but.
0: I know that's green time, good and bad, right?
1: <laughs> if anything in life, I think, I hope this generation of raising kids can be more open, um, more willing to talk to their kids. Like children need to hear from you and they need to trust you because they're going to be so curious. And 11 is um, that Probably was true a couple of years ago, or maybe five or ten years ago, but they're saying now that most kids are exposed at about eight, so mm. it's almost like too late past that point, mm-hmm. not too late, it's never too late. I shouldn't say that, but start
0: young, start young start young, it, young yeah, yep, I love that.
1: This world is yeah. so different, it's just different than the world we were raised in. it's not the same. And you guys were even raised in a different world than me. than I am, But um, yeah, it's, you know, and I I've heard lots of people say that, like, oh, yeah, but I remember being able to grow up like this or have this happen. And I said, well, it's not our kids it's, don't get to have that world. That it's
2: totally have. not. No, it's and it's crazy. Like, um, us 90s babies, we kind of grew up in that in between. We were like, in between like the good old 80s and like there was no internet no things like that and then getting introduced to that
0: i got stayed. a myspace
2: without my parents
0: permission oh and but my dad was a police officer mm-hmm. so he totally found it like he would right. like check those things and found yeah. me on there and i got in so much trouble and then i had to <laughs> beg to have facebook right. and like you know things like that more now like they're all on there and stuff yep. but like yeah, yeah it was definitely this transition yeah. period but I mean, but I also remember being in high school and staying up late with one of my friends and there were some inappropriate online chatting happening, mm-hmm. you know, and we thought it was all funny and this funny yeah, a joke thing. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it now as an adult, I'm like, oh, my gosh, right. You're
2: like, I could have been sex trafficked. What uh-huh. was I doing? <laughs> we were talking
0: to strangers on the Internet. Yep, Exactly.
2: Yeah. You know, I
1: wouldn't tell you that the internet didn't exist when I was in high school, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it came out the year I graduated from high school, but anyway, it, we had notes.
2: We, passed- <laughs> <laughs> we still passed notes and you folded it up and said, open here. Yeah. Mm. We still did that. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, pornography was something you had to go to the,
1: the video store and rent still a magazine in that and... corner, and you had to ask for it, and you had to be over eighteen or in a magazine. You know, people would steal from their dad's side of the bed, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. So it was. That's funny. We did not have that same
2: exposure
1: that yeah.
2: now. It is at their fingertips. So it's it's hard because I feel like we're our generations are a little naive mm-hmm. and. I, I mean, it's not, not our fault because we didn't grow up that way. So we're just like, you know, when I hear of apps that are like, oh, it's a calculator and you put in a certain code or whatever and it takes you to this. I'm like, they do that? That's a thing? I'm only 29. Like, I sound like I'm this 50-year-old grandma that's like, someone come help me. I don't know how to work the internet. But some of the apps that they have now, I'm like, oh my gosh, that exists? Are you serious?
1: I know. I know. And I, I feel so out of date. It's funny. My husband seems to be way more on top of all this because he's <laughs> like, Oh yeah, that's bad. Cause that does this and this. I'm like, what? I don't know these things. I'm like, I'm paying attention. <laughs> but, yeah. Be aware. If anything <laughs> they say, be so aware of what your kids are doing, especially as your kids get older and become teenagers. And, you know, I have two older children that are now young adults and I have my two little ones. And I feel like there's such a huge difference, even this 11 year gap between my sons and how different it was being able to raise my older two, even just a little bit easier than now where it's just this constant like, watching and monitoring and checking mm-hmm. and seeing what they're doing and you know when my older two were little it was like the tv <laughs> or just right. some little games on the computer that they could play and you know by the time they were teenagers of course there was facebook and all that stuff but yeah yeah they were now i my kids have so many devices there's so many they don't have phones don't know that they'll ever have smartphones but
0: I know I've been looking at that Gab wireless. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a paid sponsorship, but I've been like looking into that one because it looks, yep. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that looks like one I think might be what our kids get because mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. get any, you know, exactly. that extra stuff.
1: Yep. At some point, it's nice that they can have a phone and me being extra paranoid. I'm like, I want one that I can track them. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. I want to be able to find them wherever they're at.
2: That would be me.
0: Yeah. Whatever I track my husband because like, he comes. <laughs> I'm like, are you home? are you on your way home? Oop! I better go like clean. But like, <laughs> but but it is like comforting too, just to be like, just to know. I mean, I I do. I get really anxious, especially in winter time. So to know oh, that he made it safe or whatever. So I'm definitely gonna track my kids because I'm just anxious, and they're gonna have to live yeah. with it until they're adults. True. And yeah. even then, my mom still tracks me sometimes on Google Maps. She likes to see what I'm up to or if I'm traveling. I let her track.
2: me still that's funny my mom would do that too <laughs> I think it's just moms were just hired why high wire or hard wire thank you <laughs> to do that or just mm-hmm. yeah we want to keep track of our kids and mm-hmm. make sure they're safe and
1: it is so um mind-boggling to me to know that there are mothers that traffic their own children mm-hmm. I don't even understand how that could be a thing like yeah. yeah like I you said that is it. It's beyond anything. I don't know. So (laughs) most of us moms, we want to protect our babies. We just want to keep them safe and we want to keep them healthy and well. And we do have to raise them different. We just do. We have to create more awareness. We have to um, help them also just feel secure and confident that they can be okay. Like, yeah. They don't have to do these things. They don't have to get online. They don't have to. And if they are presented with it, they can know, heck no. I don't want to be a part of that, especially as they become teenagers. I think I, I don't think we give teenagers enough credit. They're, they're really smart. They know what they're, they know what's going on in the world around them. They have way mm-hmm. too much exposure not to. Um, so keep your dialogue with your teenagers so open. Talk about sex. Talk about hard things. Talk about kids being raped. Talk about they know what all of that is. They're not naive to that world. Talk about the exploitation on the Internet. Talk about sending new videos and what will happen if you do that. Let them know that it's not friends. It's not kids their age that are asking for this.
0: Like, yeah well I have an experience I was um I was in the young woman's organization and that's what i've I've tried very hard to just always be open uh-huh. and be comfortable and you know if someone whatever and I had a young woman straight up just tell me like oh well I'm just having a really bad week because this guy I like just all of a sudden started asking me to ask me to, to do sexting with him mm. you know yeah. and like I'm like sitting there like Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm but, I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, you know, but then, but instead I'm like, okay, like, are you okay or whatever? And she was like, yeah, I'm fine. But just the fact that I think that she, and she kind of like blurted it. So I think just making sure that we're aware and we're in a, a position to help our children and then help those in our community. Right. Um, we normally sign, I like, kind of sign off asking like, what's something you'd like to see change for the next generation. And earlier you said, that you just want people to be more open and i think that yeah is so needed
1: that is probably the best best advice to give in to yeah to parents and kids in this country i mean we don't deal with what they do in third world countries and unfortunately it's you know our people that go over there but here it's different it's a different game altogether how children are exploited there are kids that are kidnapped no doubt that happens but it's not as predominant as it is other places Mm -hmm. so talk to your kids (laughs) about everything don't don't be afraid they're they're so resilient my kids he has in particular, has been exposed to a lot at other people's homes and other people's homes that you would think you could trust. But not every parent monitors what their kids do online. Right. And that's just something you have to be aware of. And it's hard because you want them to just go roam the streets like you did when you were kids, (laughs) go play at everybody's house and everybody has fun and runs in the streets and has fun together. And it's just, it's not not that way. way.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Well,
0: Thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing this. Yes, it's
2: been very eye-opening and I think helpful. And yeah. like we said before, we're going to link down, um, like Ours yeah. website and what you can do, like and how to see the signs of anybody that might be being trafficked or how to get involved. How to get involved? Yeah, there's there are volunteer
1: organizations all over the place. I know that Logan has one. That you can get involved with um you can do your own fundraisers anytime if you want to do a 5k in the name of our they have tools on there to sign up and do your own um donations of whatever you can just monthly donate um yeah so it's it's endless of what you can do to help there are job postings that happen a lot if some of the listeners out there are interested in getting even more involved, they are often in need of people to help with marketing, to help with um, all kinds of stuff. Even if you want to become, uh, oh gosh, what's the word? Not I was about to say a trafficker. People that take t- t- the traffickers. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, you know, if you have any special skills, they love to hear about it anything that could help if you if you have social working skills anything like that but my my goal my dream with this is to be able to go to some of these aftercare homes in other countries and help volunteer in any way that I can but I'll get there
0: you'll I'm get there,
2: there. <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> day. all right sure. amazing thank you so much for your work and thank you for interviewing with us it's been so good to meet you you too <laughs> Thanks so much for having me.
0: Have a great night. Thank
2: you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Eve Unleashed. Join us on Instagram at Eve Unleashed to continue the conversation. We would love to hear from you and hope that you have an amazing day.